Good evening or good morning or good afternoon. It depends on when you're watching this. I want to welcome everyone to the Mon League YouTube show. We are encouraging everyone to invite your friends and family to subscribe to this channel where we will be interviewing amazing moms and just talking about different mom talk topics on every broadcast. I am Jackie Bellwillock, one of the co-founders of Mom League, and this happens to be our second, no, I'm sorry, it's actually our third interview. <laughs> yeah, our third interview since we launched. So um, we have the pleasure today of introducing Jamie Stock, who is another co-founder of Mom League. And welcome, Jamie, how are you today? I am tired. It is hot. How about you? You're in Florida. Have you burned up and died yet? <laughs> no, not really, because we're used to it year round. So this is normal. That's no true. big deal. Yeah, that's true. I'm All right, well, let's get started. Okay. So tell, tell me, Jamie, tell us, Jamie, what are you working on right now? So I recently, I spent 10 years working in general education and special ed. When I learned that my four-year-old had a very rare and terminal condition, I walked away from being the director of special education and was presented with the opportunity to be a behavior therapist to kids with autism. So I get to do that part-time and that is my gig right now. That's wonderful. It's a, a job with a good cause. So can you tell us what kind of side jobs you have? Because I know you wear many, many different hats. Yes. So I have a photography business. I also do wedding cakes and birthday cakes, as well as chase children around who take out the background. That's good stuff. <laughs> Love it life, right? Exactly. Um, and then doing mom league. So those are my joys in life right now. All right. Now, I know that you're a professional, aside from being a mom, and you hold several degrees. So can you tell us about that? Yes. So when I was going to the University of Utah, I got a double bachelor's in psychology and then also in family and human studies. And then while I was crazy and raising babies, um, I was getting a degree and a master's, my first master's degree, sorry, in special ed, and then another master's couple of years later in educational studies. Mom. <laughs> well, now that the kids popped in, why don't you tell us about your kids? Yes. So this is my little Krista. Can you say hi? Hi, Krista. Hi, everybody. Hello. And she is my little baby angel. We almost lost her in 2018. And she had a 20-minute seizure and almost didn't survive. She's here and thriving and doing well. She has many disabilities, global developments and delays, but she is very excited to be here and loves playing and lots of new milestones. Um, I've got all my girls at home and my son is the oldest of all four girls. Poor kid. <laughs> exactly. He's the king, yeah. the prince in the house. Yes. <laughs> so tell us where you grew up. I grew up in Salt Lake City, um, downtown Salt Lake. But what was weird is that we were the only Asian family in an all-white community. So it was really kind of weird because I didn't have 
friends that looked like me. But then it was weird because, you know, we've talked about this, you and I, about, well, I looked too Asian to fit in with the white kids, but I looked too white to speak and hang out with my Chinese cousins. So I didn't really know where I fell in that category. Right. So what was it like growing up with the minor as a minority in in an with no other Asians nearby? Well, it was confusing. I think that's the best word for it because you know, a lot of times when we're growing up, we look to our parents. You know, especially like I would look to my mom and my brothers would look to my dad as to who we're supposed to ideally marry and spend time with and hang out. But my dad was a minority. He immigrated here from mainland China and there were no, I mean, not to boast my own boat, but I was kind of like being the pioneer. My dad was the pioneer. He came here and I'm the first generation born here in America. So you have that against you. You, you have a culture clash. You know, people tell me, no, you were raised in Utah. You're why you don't know. And I'm like, that's not what I was raised with, you know? And so that was a very different feeling growing up. Um, there were, it's also kind of weird because being biracial, I have my mom's large German eyes. So I don't have that Asian look. And I would get a lot of mean racist comments that I didn't look Chinese enough or I didn't fit the mold and I should be something else as if I had a choice to change it. So it was kind of hard. Right. Thanks for sharing that. What were some hurdles that you faced while getting two master's degrees while being pregnant and raising five kids on your own? <laughs> I think that's the definition of glutton for punishment, right? Right. <laughs> so when I was getting my first master's, I had just had two children. Um, they were 11 months apart. So I had two kids under two and I was taking care of a friend's two children. So there were four kids under four in that house. And I then suddenly became pregnant with my third. So energy was the biggest thing. Um, trying to keep up with the house and school and work and, just trying to be healthy for this baby. And then on top of it, when I went to go and get my second master's, you know, I thought I was tired before. <laughs> so when I got my second master's, I was now pregnant with my fifth child, had four children. I was a single mom raising them all alone, no child support, no help, no family, um, going through a horrible divorce and going through a dual custody battle from my two ex-husbands who teamed up against me. Huh, whole new, yeah, whole new definition of tired, different, like my soul was tired, you know, but it was interesting. I, I learned how to kind of magnify my time. And what I would do is I would read or write papers while I was doing my lunch. And then when I had my kids, I'd make sure to be cleaning while I was playing with them. So everything kind of coincided together. But I think the biggest thing was I had to learn to ask for help. You know, we as moms, I feel, and this is part of the thing we've discussed as, as leaders and founders of Mom League, the pressure we put on our shoulders to do it all alone. And it's just, it's impossible. And in today's day and age, I think 
with the pandemic, one of the things that we realized is that we can't, we can't be the mom and the chauffeur and the teacher and the cook and the maid. That's just too much. We have to be willing to reach out and ask for help. And that was a hard thing because growing up in a Chinese family, that's a big no-no. You do it on your own. That's, it's almost shameful to ask for help. Like what, you're weak? You can't do it on your own? And to say that that was something to admit defeat, it took a long time for me to understand that that is a good thing. And I think the biggest thing was learning to have love and grace and compassion for myself because, you know, we look back, hindsight is twenty twenty, but we didn't know then what we know now. So how can we beat ourselves up about that? We did the best we could with what we had, right? you know, and that's some days I'm not going to lie. We eat ice cream for dinner and I don't care. <laughs> Sometimes I'm rewashing the third load of laundry because I've forgotten it so many times. It's the same one for the third time that day being washed. Uh But one of the things I try to tell moms as I mentor and coach them is that, first of all, nobody is going around with a clipboard. Right. Nobody's telling you. They're not checking off little boxes. You're not going to get stars at the end of the day. And I learned with my daughter because her condition is terminal. We don't know how much time we have. First of all, money is not going to make her live longer. So what does that really matter? My biggest thing is I only get one chance to raise my kids. And I'm more worried about making memories than having a clean house. So I've learned to just let things go. Yes. It's very important for balancing as well, you know? Yes. So along the line, you were mentioning work. So why don't you tell us one difficult thing that you face while working and being a single mom? Oh my gosh. The mom guilt. I would beat myself up so bad. I would, you know, we get inside our own heads sometimes and it's just, it's a horrible place. This rabbit hole that just goes downward spiral. And I would, I would get to the end of this spiral and feel like I was unworthy of any love whatsoever in the world that I had somehow failed my kids because we were, I mean, teachers did not make a ton of money. Everybody knows that. So we're living on the border, if not in poverty very little materialistic treasures to my name. Um, when my kids, when I first started teaching, this is insane, but with, I had my first master's degree. I only made $30,000 a year with three kids. So I had to work two full-time jobs and I'd go home. I would drop the kids off to their grandma and I'd go waitress until midnight. Wow. And I thought, oh my gosh, I failed them. I'm not in this loving marriage. So they don't get to have the presence of a man to look up to. They don't get to see me. I'm missing out on these milestones. And when it came down to it, I had beaten myself up so much that I would make almost desperate, stupid attempts to find what I thought was a suitable partner and parent for my kids. Mm-hmm. But the weird thing is that because I didn't love myself, 
and I wasn't dealing with those demons and the emotional traumas and abuse, I didn't know what love was. How can you, if you're, you know, I always tell people, if your heart is this big and somebody's wanting to love you this much, it doesn't match somewhere. It's going to leak out. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing is that I only loved myself this much. So I could only love somebody enough to fill that little hole as well as I could only take in that much. And I don't know about you, but I think since the beginning of 2020, you know, when the pandemic hit America, I did a lot of reflection on myself, just my life, my choices, my patterns. And I had some amazing coaches come into my life. I had an emotional coach and a nutritional coach. Mm-hmm. I was able to release a lot of emotional abuse. And there was even trauma from before I was even more born when my mom was carrying me that I didn't know when I still was carrying with me. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was a thing. But I learned in the end to just let that go. Let go of the guilt. Like I said, nobody has this clipboard. It's us who gives it to ourselves in our head. And I started looking, you know, one of the things was an eating disorder that I struggled with for 12 years. And instead of, of saying, oh my gosh, my thighs rub together. You know what? I have legs that I can chase my children with. Mm-hmm. I have these, you know, instead of saying, oh, I got the mom arm, you know, the jiggle. I have arms to hold my children. And when I turning it see, into positives. Yeah. Yeah. And when I saw that, I turned it around that I started liking myself because I had overcome a lot. And then eventually that turned into love. And I appreciated who I had become in the process and where I had come from to become this person. And I think the biggest thing is that it allowed me to let go of the guilt and realize that, you know what, I had every choice I could have become bitter and cynical and hateful, but instead I learned to love myself. And I think I learned to love others in a better way and more compassionately. Wow. What you've shared with us today is very profound. And I hope that a lot of moms that are listening may identify with you. And if they do, you've said a lot of tips of things that they can do to overcome some of these life obstacles that they may be facing. So I appreciate that you're bearing your soul with us and sharing all this information with us. Now in wrapping it up, can you tell us something that's on your radar, something that you might be working on? Because I know that us moms always have our wheels turning and we're always thinking about the next project. Well, with raising four girls, I was, um, I had suggested to me this book. It's called What a Girl Needs from Her Mom. Um, Because I didn't have the fortunate opportunity of having a a mother figure to help raise me. So I've kind of had to do it, you know, through self-help. This one, which is a life-changing book, is called The Emotion Code by Dr. Bradley Nelson. And I love it because it teaches you how to release your trapped emotions and have a healthier body and healthy mindset. That's incredible. It sounds very interesting. So can you tell us um, 
What's one piece of advice that you would give our moms today? Just let it go. Like I always sing to my kids from Elsa, let it go. <laughs> right. But there is not a single thing in this world, nothing worth holding on to that it ruins your opportunity to be present and be with your kids and make those memories. You know, I just, I look at them and it was not that long ago. My little boy was just starting kindergarten and now next year he'll be in high school and I'm not ready for this. And so when the time passes, just be happy, do what makes you happy. And I would tell my kids, you know, and if somebody doesn't make you happy, they can go sit on a pin. Exactly. That's a good way to put it. Well, thank you for that advice. That was great. And I enjoyed interviewing you today. Thank so you. I want to thank our listeners, our viewers for joining in. Please like us, share and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And uh, what our goal is to, uh, you know, increase our subscription. And when we do that, we will be offering prizes, a lot of surprises, yes. more and more guest speakers, all for you, all so that we can together learn and grow, you know, together. So in that, um, uh, Jamie, why don't you say the mom lead um, motto with me, which is we rise, we rise by, by lifting others, others uh, there you oh, go. I heard that. <laughs> yes, yes. Awesome. Well, thank I appreciate you. you. Thanks. I thank you. Yeah. I appreciate you too. And thank you for this interview. Have a good one, everyone. Bye.